0: All right, good morning, everyone. Goten Hanukkah, Frey Lechem as well. Uh, we're going to jump into Parshas Vayeshev. Uh, I didn't print out the Marma didn't have time. I was in Melbourne. Uh, got back late last night, but Mr Sham uh, will be able to get... Um, One of the main themes, and I think this is kind of a revolving theme around Chanukah that we also find in this week's Parsha, multiple times, both in Chanukah and this week's Parsha, a very powerful lesson, powerful theme uh, that we can really take into our lives. Um, Let's jump in. Uh, So we have the the Pachad Yitzchak, which is Rav Yitzchak Hutner, And Rav Yitzchak Hutner writes that Yosef Atzadik in this week's Parsha, uh, he's a, he's very interesting because he kind of straddles both being an Av, which is like a patriarch, one of the the founding forefathers of the Jewish people, and he's uh, one of the Shvatim as well. So there's a difference in status between the Avos, Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, and between uh, the Toldos, which are the Shvatim uh, and onward. Uh, And basically the the Torah splits it between the, the different books. So Bereshis is the book of the Avos, and then Shemos is the book of the Toldos and we find that the deaths of the Shvatim is only written in Shemos, the deaths of the Avos are written in uh, Bereshis. Um, but Yosef at Tzaddik, we find that he's written in both. He's the one exception out of all the Shvatim. His death is written both in Bereshav and then again in Shemoz, meaning that he has some kind of Bechina, he has some kind of status as of both being an Av, one of the forefathers of the Jewish people, and being one of the Shvatim, one of the children of Yaakov. Uh, and he says that we also find um, that, that not only is Yosef's death written both um, in in both, but he's also considered, in a way, one of the avos because his children end up becoming uh, the shvatim. He splits into another two shvatim. So in that way also, he's kind of like an av, right? Because his two sons end up becoming the shvatim, Menashe and Afrayim. Uh So in that way, in that regard also, we find that he's like straddling both. He's like a, a mix. He's a hybrid um, of, of, of both an Av and a Tolda. What's going on? What was so unique about uh, Yosef at Uh So Rav Hutner writes that every one of the Avos brought something new to the table um, in terms of uh, in terms of founding the Jewish people. Avram founded the entirety of the Jewish mm-hmm. people. He was the first to connect to Hashem on that level. Um, and he was the first that his kids would be considered uh, the Jews, but not all of his kids were considered Jewish, only the select, right, only the ones who followed in the ways of Hashem. Uh, so Yitzchak, we find he was the one who is was to the Jewish people, living in Kedusha, Tara, fully focused, um, and living with absolute concentration in Hashem. And then we find Yaakov, he's the first one who has mitashlema, which means that all 12 of his sons uh, would all follow in the path of Hashem. And from then on, Yaakov was mechadash in the Jewish people, that every one of a, of a Jewish mother's kids would always be Jewish. Uh, so no matter what, whether they follow in the ways of Hashem, whether they don't follow in the ways of Hashem, once from Yaakov, Avinu and on, every one of a, of, a, um, of a Jew's children, Jewish mothers, children, is always going to be Jewish, no matter what. It doesn't matter uh, if you follow Torah and mitzvahs, you don't follow Torah and mitzvahs, you're always considered Jewish. That's what Yaakov was, mechadash, to the Jewish people. And then when it comes to Yosef, Rav Huttner writes that Yosef was also mechadash something. Because just because all your kids are Jewish, that doesn't mean they're going to survive. They can intermarry uh, in foreign lands. Once we go into Galus, we get exposed to the Benosa Arets. Uh, And then, unfortunately, we're seeing in America uh, a pandemic. 70 to 80% of Jews are intermarrying. Uh, We're losing yearly uh, the vast majority. Sorry, every generation. We're losing the vast majority of the Jewish people, right? 80% are going to intermarry. Kids, grandkids, no chance pretty much of being Jewish. I think if uh, even if you marry a Jewish, even if it's a Jewish girl marrying a Jewish guy, the chances of your grandkids and your kids are technically Jewish, uh, the chances of your grandkids even identifying as Jewish is something like one percent. Right? So one in a hundred. So as soon as you marry out, uh, the chances of your your grandkids even identifying as Jewish is one in a hundred. It's uh, it's wild. What's happening? Uh, so so how do we know that the Jewish people are going to continue despite us going into Gullahs? Uh That's Yosef Atzadik. That's why he was Mechadash. That a Jew can go into a foreign land have Pretty much zero connection to his family, to his Yiddishkeit, to every, to his community, uh, to be in a situation where they're completely lost, uh, like many of the Jews now in Gullus, Uh But he can still remain connected. He can still remain a Yid. Uh, he could still stay firm, uh, and he could still resist the temptation of the aretz of the woman of the land, uh, and stay true to who he is. Um, and his Yiddishkeit, that's what Yosef was, mechadesh and that's why Yosef, says Rav Hutner, is both considered an Av and he's considered a Tolda. He's one of the Shvatim. His death is written both in Bereshus and in Shemos. He also, he's considered like a father of Menashe and Ephraim, two of the Shvatim, Uh, but at the same time, he's still kind of one of the the Yidbe Shvatim. Uh, So he's living kind of in both worlds because he was mechadesh that to the Jewish people, uh, that we can survive Golas, we can survive the temptation of the Benon, uh, and that we can ultimately uh, exist and continue uh, forever, and we can be an Amnitzri. Uh, so, so so, we find this power uh, of Yosef, and the question I want to ask is that we seem to see something that's a little bit contradictory, because there's, um, the Pasuk says, when it's talking about the challenge uh, of Yosef, right? And we give Yosef, we call him Yosef Hatzadik. Tzadik is somebody who overcomes challenges in their lives. Uh, we call him Yosef, the Tzadik who overcame challenges. Um, and he's given so much accolade, right? We, uh, Yosef uh, withholding and resisting this uh, amazing temptation. Uh, but yet at the same time, in Peraklamites, Pasakir Aleph, we see Vayhi Kayom Azev, Yavo Habayasa, Lasus that it was on that day that Yosef came home to do his melacha. So the Pasuk adds in these extra words that Yosef came home, and it adds in why he came home, to do his melacha. So what's the Pasuk trying to teach us here? These extra words of lassos melacha, he came to do his melacha. Says Rashi, quoting from the Gemara Sotah, u shmuel, and Sota, rav there's a machlokis between rav and shmuel. chad amar melachto mamish, uh, one says, you know why it's saying melachto? It's coming to teach us that he didn't come home to do the chet, he came home to do his melacha. He had good intentions. He was just trying to do his work. Uh, he had no other intentions, uh, and that's why Yosef HaTzadeh came home, and that's why the pasuk stresses lasos to teach us that he had no other intentions. He came to do his melacha. But chad amar lasos zerachav ima. Elashiniro's lo de avev that no. You know why it's saying Lasus Malachto? You have to put the, the quotations on it. He came to do his malacha, meaning he came to sin with the ashes potiphar, He actually wanted to, to do the, the the Avera. When it says he came to do his work, that's a, it's a euphemism uh, uh, a euphemism that he came to do he came to do the uh the uh, the Chet with ashes potiphar, uh, so he, and then he saw the image of his of his of his father uh, and that came to him and ultimately he was able to resist the temptation and the big question that I want to ask is that if he ultimately was going to do the chet with Ashish Potifar we're giving Yosef Hatzadek and we're giving him so much and he's he's like the. Uh, the, the epitome of what it means to live in Gullas and to resist the temptations of living in Bondi uh, and all the the preachers that, that we're exposed to here, day in, day out. Yosef uh, is like our, our beacon of light of, of what it means uh, to live in that kind of an environment in Ervasa Aretz and yet to be able to come out a wholesome Yid, a wholesome Jew. Uh, in your avodas Hashem. Uh so why is Yosef given all this accolade? According to according to Shmuel, he actually wanted to do the chet. At the end of the day, he was willing to give in. Why are we praising Yosef so much? Uh, because he resisted. So, what? Because he, resisted. he, but he saw demus At the end of the day, he <laughs> he got a free pass almost. We're not getting demus in in. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and he had a bit of help from his father, you know, this image of your uh, father. He, he had to conjure up the image of his father. That was his, you know, his father came to him and he, yeah. so he, uh, he was, uh, story. you know, uh, righteous enough to act on that. Yeah. She so came to story that she saw in the stars that they're supposed to have children together and it'll be a spiritual union. Was that was the way he was tricked. He wasn't sure the whole time whether it's Emma's or being driven by the shtickal needs. Or he didn't know. Mm. In the end, he gave in. He thought maybe she's right. When Yekna Shovhevich, he realized no. Yeah. That's Ah. Uh, so Mr. Ingram was saying like he was, he saw she saw in the stars meant to have a, a union in order to have uh, children together. Which eventually did because. Daughter, right? Lord, <laughs> so I got a Lord, little. Lord, Amos. Yeah, uh, it was Amos at the end of the day. Uh, so he, he wasn't sure if there's uh, if it's oh like really lishma or no there's itzehara involved, uh, and therefore he almost resisted. Uh, he almost gave in, and then he and then he saw and then ultimately he was able to re- resist the temptation. Um, <coughs> um, and Mr. Ingram, the point that you were making uh, was that. Um, he, he, he had to summon up the... Uh, the the image. Sure. Yeah. It? So it wasn't a free yeah, pass is. at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so Mr. Ingram saying it wasn't a free, completely free pass. Uh, Mr. Garandasi saying uh, also there was an element of lishma there. Uh, but uh, the demustyuk was to save him from this, uh, from this counter that's going on. Um, I, I want to suggest uh, another answer as well. Uh, that when it comes to Yosef's, uh, we have to understand the, the level of temptation that, this, that he was at. First of all, he had every reason to be angry at Hashem uh, at that point of his life. Right? His own family sold him away, in a complete state of depression, of loneliness. Uh, he had nobody to, to, to give him any kind of connection, love. Uh, He had zero freedom at the time. He was a a slave in Mitzrayim. Uh, Mitzrayim was known historically to treat their slaves like worst of the worst: Uh, back-breaking labor, zero freedom at all. and they would pretty much, even their own people. They they had this uh, corvée, where they I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, where they, their own people they would pretty much enslave for part of the year. <laughs> that's how they built all these amazing buildings. Was they basically enslave everybody? Uh, and Yosef Fatah, right? He had zero freedom, zero love, zero connection, zero community. Uh, completely lonely on his own, uh, lost. He was 18 years old at the time. Uh, we all know that 18-year-olds. Uh, I think there's a Harvard study that your uh, that your instincts are about 10 times uh, that of a, a normal person because it just floods the system, um, and your yechidahara is about 10 times as strong. 18 years, 18-year-old. 18 uh, and then he's he's in Ervasa Arach, which is like the Las Vegas of, uh, of the ancient world, uh, where everything is going on around him, and ultimately that permeates. When you're seeing that kind of society, eventually uh, you, you start giving in. Um, and, uh, and she's not only that, but she's tempting him over and over and over again. The Medrash brings that, break, she'd bring a different outlet, uh, outfit every day. You don't like these uh, high heels, I'll wear this kind of shoes and this kind of dress, this color, this style, this type of makeup, right? Always trying to tempt, tempt him in a new way every single time. Uh, and we know that the, we, we get mental and emotional fatigue after a while, right? Uh, how long, when that piece of cake, uh, is out in the out in your office uh, or out in your home? How many times can you walk by and keep saying no, right? Uh, eventually, okay, you give in. Uh, and this is Yosef Atzadik, right? Every single day, every single day, every single day, the the, the stresses day and day. Uh, so it means that every single day she had a new tactic to try to get at him, and eventually, like, how long can you can you really hold true to yourself and resist? Uh, That that inner urge. And this is what Yosef HaTzadik was stacked up against. Uh, He had this unbelievable, unbelievable test uh, that was in front of him. Um, And the lesson that we learn from all of this is that Hashem wants you ultimately To to put your all, if you fight for today, you put your all in today, you resist as much as you can. Ultimately, Hashem gives you a break at the end. If Hashem sees you putting in your absolute fullest ishtadlus and you do the most that you can, uh, then ultimately Yosef did get it. And whether it was he had to conjure that up or Hashem gave it to him, ultimately he got, uh, in a sense, like a, a free pass at the end of the day. Uh, he, he got siyata he got, uh that Hashem was able to, to help him resist, pull out of that. Remember, that the demustiokno, seeing the image of his father reminded him where he's from, what he belongs to, where he's heading in life, what he's all about. Uh, that, he's, that he's a Yid, the son of Yaakov Avinu, and we're all sons of Yaakov Avinu. Uh, and that's ultimately what helps us, right? When we remember, oh, what we're capable of, what, where we belong, what we're meant to be doing in life. Uh, that's when we see the Hatzlacha and when we're able to resist um, and really be true uh, to who we're meant to be. Uh, edge, of the pre- edge of the precipice. Yeah, he didn't fall. yes, uh, but the point was he put his all every single day resisting, uh, and that's the shalshalas that we find, uh, by and the, the, the shalshalas represents the ups and downs in life, and when it's coming to teach is that Hashem appreciated so much, every single up, and then he fell back down, and then up again, and resisting, and, fall, uh, and almost giving in, resisting again, resisting again, Hashem appreciated every single step of resistance that Yosef was able to put in, uh, he gave his all to fight for today, to do as much as he can, and ultimately, Hashem helped him at the end that he should be matsliach. And we find the same thing by Reuven. When Reuven's uh, throwing, when the brothers are ready to throw Yosef into the pit, uh, the, the Pasuk says, The pit was empty, there was no water. So what's, if the boar is empty, of course it doesn't have water, right? Rashi says, no. Uh, that it did have snakes and scorpions. Oh, if I had snakes and scorpions, so then why is Ruven throwing him into this pit? So the answer is that Ruven, the only thing he was able to do at that time to stop the brothers from physically killing him was to put him into a pit. Yes, the pit had snakes and scorpions. It was a dangerous spot, but he did the most that he could with the situation that he was given uh, in order to save Yosef uh, Yosef Atzadek. And in his mind, he's like, ultimately, I might not save him, right? There's not national Kravim in there. Uh, But ultimately, uh, Reuven decided, I have to do as much as I possibly can in the moment. And ultimately, if Hashem, uh, if he's destined to live, Hashem will take care of the rest. Uh, And to to be put in a a pit of snakes and scorpions is far less dangerous than... Physically killing him, or you know for sure he's going to die. Uh, so at least the Kravin there's some kind of chance uh, that he's going to live. And Reuven did all his all his, his, his in the moment. Same lesson, right? If you put uh, if you fight for today, Hashem will take care of, of tomorrow. And that's ultimately the, the theme that we find in Hanukkah, That when it comes to Hanukkah, uh, when it came to the war with the Yavanim, the uh, Yidin had no hope, right? You have these guys, Chashmonam, uh, they were the family of Kohanim Uh They weren't exactly trained uh, in uh, battle tactics. They started with just the family. The uh, Beis 13 people, uh, began fighting out this war. And who were they fighting? The Greeks, right, with all their Battle tactics with their elephants, which were considered like the tanks of the ancient world. Right? They had all the cutting edge uh, battle strategies and tactics, and they had all the um, all the the newest techno- technological advances at the time, um, with all the fanciest shields and swords and weaponry. Uh, and ultimately, this house, I'm not trained, we're, we were going to stand up. Uh, and fight for our Yiddishkeit against this uh, massive Greek amp- empire with uh, hundreds of thousands of, b- of battalions and legions and generals uh, and everything so organized. It's impossibility, right? But the Hashmanam decided we have to do our Ishtalis, we have to put our full in, uh, we're going to fight, we're going to do what we can, and ultimately the results are. In- huh? Yeah, Breira, there's no choice. Ultimately, the results are in the hands of Hashem. All we can do is put our all into the moment uh, and to, to fight as much as we possibly can. And that's also the miracle with the Pacha Shemen, that the Pacha Shemen uh, they they come in. There's no oil left. They wanna they wanna um, reinaugurate uh, the Beit Hamikdash because uh, it was they were Matama, everything pretty much, uh, and they they needed to light the menorah, right? This was their first chance, and they wanted to reinaugurate the the base of And what the menorah represented uh, was the light of the Jewish people and the chachma of the Jewish people, uh, and our connection to Hashem. And ultimately, right there was they, they, they searched out and they were looking for just one cruise, one Pakha Shemen. Right, and the chances of them finding something, and even if they found, it was too little for them to actually use it. Um, and the the halacha is tumahutra betzibur, right? You're, you're allowed to, for tibor, you're allowed to use Dika uh, oil, right? So they ultimately could have used, you know, they could have bought from the Makolet a little bit of oil, used that instead. Why did they need uh, go uh, go searching and they set up a whole search, hiding behind? Uh, looking behind every uh, all the rubble and every uh, and, and digging in order to find a little bit of um, of um, tahir pach shemen um, and ultimately what that was was the same thing that they decided we want to do it on the highest level possible if we're going to serve Hashem we're going to do it right that's what the hashmonim represented um, that we're we're not going to take shortcuts in our avodas Hashem that's what led them into this point. Uh, we're, if we're going to serve Hashem, we're going to do it with all our heart, with everything that we can. We're going to put our full effort, our full istadlus into it. Uh, so they they set out, they searched until they were f- able to f- get the new Tahor oil. And ultimately, the same thing again, right? They had uh, they found one little pach of shemen. Uh, why did they decide to to light that as as long as possible, right? Instead of either they split it into eight small amounts or they lit one full thing. Um, but ultimately they decided yes, it's not gonna last the full time that we need anyways, right? So then they could have just done it but, but butuma. What's the point of even lighting it if it's only gonna last one day? No. You put your all into doing uh, serving Hashem your fullest uh, t- for today, and Hashem will ultimately take care of tomorrow and Hashem ultimately gave a gave a shortcut, right? He uh, he created a nace, a miracle. Then, why did what would it the problem that pushed
1: away the other system
0: to move in the civil. To rely on two of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the whole shear. Yeah. Obviously, even a small amount of the kind of minister. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good 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 question. I don't know. I'll try, it. I'll t- after, afterwards, I'll try. It. Uh, but so ultimately, if you fight for today, right, you put your all, all your effort, all your hishtadlis, then Hashem will ultimately take care of tomorrow. And we find this also in the, in the halachas of uh, lighting the menorah. Uh, the, the Gemara says that halakha osemitzvah, uh, mitzvah, which basically means that if you put enough oil in order to last for seven minutes, right, the, the minimum shear requirement is for your oil to last 30 minutes. Uh, so if you put enough just to last seven minutes, uh, you light it and it lasts seven minutes, you did not fulfill your mitzvah of lighting near Hanukkah. However, if you put enough oil to last 30 minutes, and after one minute uh, your, your oil uh, comes out, which happened to me last year. My parents bought my kids these little uh, floaty drone fan things. Uh, they threw it up in the air, goes right over my menorah, uh, blows all of, <laughs> all of the candles out uh, within, uh, I think it was within 10 minutes, right? So do I have to relight or not relight? Uh, The Gemara says, because we hold halakha osa mitzvah, it's the halakha that makes the mitzvah. (laughs) Kaf saying zakukla. And therefore I fulfill my mitzvah, right? So if you put enough oil to last 30 minutes, it only lasts one minute. You fulfilled your mitzvah. You put enough oil to last seven minutes and it burns for seven minutes, and didn't fulfill your mitzvah. Well, how as could that as be? As once as long as you turn the air conditioning off and of there. <laughs> <laughs> so how could that be, right? It lasts seven minutes, you didn't fulfill your mitzvah, last one minute, you did fulfill your mitzvah. The answer is the same that it depends on your hijadhas, right? What you put in to doing the mitzvah. That when you when you put your all into into fulfilling the the mitzvah of Neris Hanukkah, right, you put enough. For it to last, you had the intentions uh, that you should do the mitzvah properly, then you're makai in the mitzvah. Uh, but if you, in the beginning, right, you didn't put your all in, you didn't uh, put enough oil into it to last the full 30 days, then you, uh, to 30, full 30 minutes, you did not fulfill your mitzvah. It depends on the effort, the hishtadus that you put into doing the mitzvah. That's how Hashem is done, whether you did the mitzvah of Hanukkah or didn't do the mitzvah of Hanukkah. Uh, it is such an important lesson in life that, you know, you, you might not be able to make it for the full sheer or uh, you ultimately know that you're not going to be able to do something in its completion. Hashem just wants to see you put, the, put your full effort into do something into the Vayimayin, Right? To, to do your all in the moment even though you're thinking, ah, at the end of the day, I'm never going to resist that temptation or I'm never going to be able to be a Talmud Chacham or I'm never going to be on the level uh, where Hashem wants me to be in life. Uh, it doesn't matter. Hashem's not looking at the results. Hashem is looking at the effort uh, that you put in, and that's why Yosef Atzadik at is considered Yosef Atzadek, at even according to Shmuel, where he was willing to, uh, where he was about to give in to the Avera Hashem saw the Vayima'en, the ups and down, and Yosef was doing his all and to resist the temptation and that's why ultimately Hashem created a nace to see the yukne uh, Shel Aviv and that helped him, ultimately Hashem gave him the rope at the end of the day but that was only after Hashem saw y- Yosef put every ounce of his effort uh, in in the moment Yosef wasn't focused on the results. He was focused on the effort that he that he put in. Uh, and just how much more can I resist? I don't know ultimately if I'll be able to resist. Uh, but every single day I need to put in my, my full. Uh, and we should uh, take that lesson home. That ultimately, uh, as much as possible, as uh, in every single moment, to serve Hashem with our fullest, to do our all, Um, And ultimately, the results aren't up to us. That's up to Hashem. Whether we win the war, whether the nace of the oil, that it'll last for the full eight days, that's ultimately up to Hashem. Uh, But Hashem takes care of the results. We can only take care of the Hish Have an amazing Shabbos and Khanak.